You're listening to Random Fit with hosts Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, winner of a Gold Markham Award for Digital Media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts, and I'm here with my friend, colleague, and co-host, Mr. Ken Miller. Ken, how are you today? I am awesome, Wendy. How you doing? You looking uh, good? Living a dream. It's a of good day. Of course, <laughs> we, are. we are recording, so you are living the dream. So. Absolutely. Woke up. It's always a good day. I know I say that all the time, but I really mean it. <laughs> so, Ken. Today, we are going to talk about something that you and I get asked all the time. I get asked for every client that basically walks in my door when we start talking about programming. Which one should I do first if I have to choose? Should I do cardio? Should I do strength training? Does it have to be on the same day? Can I do it on different days? What if I only have three days a week to work out? What do I do? So we're going to cover that today. What do you think? Yeah, I've... You know what? It's funny because when we were when we we're looking at things to talk about and and you brought this up, I would, it flashed me back to when I first started personal training. I think one of the first questions I got as a personal trainer was, you know, we're standing in the middle of the of the gym floor and cardio's on our right and and the selectorized and the, the weightlifting equipment's on our left, and we're like. I was asked that, Joe, which one, should, which section do I do first? How do I start off? And when we talked about this, I was like, wait, is it the first question I was asked ever as a personal trainer was, which thing do I do first? And it's okay, cardio there or lifting here? And I was just, um, <laughs> you know, because what I was and why I hesitate is because what I was raised up uh, as far as etiquette goes was, you don't answer a question with a question, right? Because the next question that came out of my, or the next thing that came out of my mouth was the question of, well, what do you want to do? Well, what's your goal? How do you, what do you want to accomplish? And that was going to guide us to the answer. So I'm, uh, I'm actually excited for this because it's one of those questions I wish I got 30 years ago, right? Absolutely. Me this too. Podcast, although podcasts weren't around 30 years ago, not that I know. Well, and I think for me, you know, well, it kind of is twofold because now, you know, that we've obviously been in the industry a while, that's one of the main reasons on top of a lot of other, you know, things. And you guys can go back and listen to everything that we've talked about, or even things that I've talked about on the master instructor roundtable with Dr. Marty Miller is the assessments really do tell the story of what you need to do. And without having all that information up front, I think it's important, you know, for us to sit down and talk. And then we can decide the game plan because you can't just have a game plan if you don't really know what the outcome is supposed to be. Um, that doesn't make sense. But I was kind of like you and I was brought up when I went to the gym. I always had to do the things that I hated first, because if I didn't do it in the beginning, I was just going to walk out and it wouldn't get done. I would find every reason not to do the things that I hated to do. And so I was not a cardio fan. I don't like being on a treadmill. I feel like I'm a hamster on the wheel. Same thing on a bike. I like to be outdoors. I was living in Arizona at the time, so I could go and hike and do a lot of different things outdoors. But if I knew that I needed to do it inside, I would force myself to do it first because I didn't like it. However, now when we look at research and we look at different things and we actually are thinking about outcomes, that's not necessarily the right approach. <laughs> yeah. And it would, be, it would be one of those things where uh, if I had a perpetually late client, that was always, 
late, right. you know, if, if it wasn't a matter of coming straight from work and then to their training session, I'd say, hey, why don't you, you know, you know, if I knew that cardio wasn't their most favorite thing, I'd say, hey, why don't you come in 20 minutes before uh, we start at top of the hour and go ahead and get your cardio done, right? That, And it was more of a preemptive approach to, okay, before you walk out of here, go get your cardio. And next thing you know, you turn around and they're, they're walking in the parking lot into their car, right? So, so yeah, so different ways of handling it, but as a personal trainer, that's the way I would do it. I would force it on them to be first, yes. uh, just for the standpoint, like, like you're saying, Wendy, uh, it's, it, it wasn't your favorite thing. It's still not my favorite thing. I find other ways to get my heart pumping, but for some of my clients, when I first started training, it, those that were like-minded like me who did not like to get on the treadmill and feel like that hamster or the elliptical or whatever it was. I said, all right, let's go ahead and just let's check that box and then we can start training. But yeah, as, as we've grown over the years, the information is out there as far as, you know, what you could or should do based on what your goals are. Well, and I think too, I mean, we should probably debunk the myth of yeah. like, well, I need to do cardio first, or I need to even get on for five or 10 minutes to quote, warm up. And, you know, I'm going to say that that is not necessary unless that's something that somebody has to do. Because as we know, if you go through and you use a foam roller and you do some of the corrective exercise strategies based on your movement patterns, you're actually warming up the tissues or getting better blood flow, you're realigning the, the joint, you're going to get better, um, you know, outcomes and movement when you actually get into your workout by foam rolling and stretching and doing some maybe dynamic stretches, and then some different types of plyometric movements or reactive movements or whatever it is before you actually go and do that. Because when people say, well, I need to go on the treadmill and quote, warm up because I'm cold. Guys, remember your body temperature, you don't wake up cold unless you're not breathing. And so that's one thing that you want to, you know, kind of debunk in the beginning. Don't say, I need you to go and do this to warm up because that doesn't really make sense. And so, you know, and ideally you're, if you actually start rolling on, let's say a foam roller or use one of the per percussion devices or something, you're actually going to get better blood flow and you're going to get, you know, um, just better movement patterns long-term if you do that first because if somebody walks in or if you're, you know, if you're just a fitness enthusiast and you really don't have a background in personal training, I think it's important to say that if your feet are out, your knees are coming in, you have low back pain and you have all of this stuff going on. And then I tell you to go run on the treadmill for five or 10 minutes. I'm just perpetuating and actually increasing that movement compensation and dysfunction before we even start your workout. And it really doesn't make sense. And so, you know, those of you guys that are just turning in, uh, Ken Miller and myself, Wendy Batts, here today on Random Fit are talking about what should you do first? Should you do cardio or should you do weightlifting? And I just wanted to throw out that that myth. Everyone's warm. It's just what's the right approach before you even begin. So don't think that you have to do cardio first in order to have a better workout. But if you have to choose, Ken, what do you do? <laughs> like I said, for me, it's it's about practicality and what makes the most sense. Um for the individual, right? And, but I guess to kind of lead up to, you know, as far as following up on what you just said, Wendy, if you think about that warm up routine again, and that's what some of my clients uh, will say is like, I'm going to go in the treadmill, I'm going to warm up, right? So, but if you think about it, you, you, as a sample sequence, you foam roll your calves and your lats, and then you get, you know, 
calf stretch, however you want to do it, active or dynamic, and then you get a shoulder warm up. And then you also get, you know, throw in some ball bridges or floor bridges to warm up the glutes, maybe some planks, planks with, you know, a little bit of hip movement to, to add a little deeper core work. You do a little uh, single leg squat, you know, to warm up and integrate the, the foot and ankle as well as the hips. And then you get a little bit of plyo, you know, a little jump, you know, a little jump squat with stabilization and, you know, maybe five minutes on the treadmill. You should be, you know, you should be glossy. You should be glowing. You should have some, some beads of sweat. So that's where, you know, explain to the clients, like, this is a warm up. You got, as you said, Wendy, you got to get things humming. You got to get all cylinders firing before we start to rev you up and get you going for your, for your workout. So if you're talking about cardio as a, as a way of warming up, just think about what I just said between some kind of self-myofascial technique, core work, balance work, some plyometrics, even better if it's been an assessed program, something that's catered specifically to you. Um, but again, template programs work as well as far as, you know, what did you do to wake up your foot and ankle and your hips? Did you turn on your glutes, right? And did we get the brain calibrated for you to be nice and stable for the workout? So as far as turning on, not just the muscles, getting the heart and lungs working together, but also just from a nervous system standpoint, that's enough to get to get you going. And you know, for, for a lot of newbie clients who are just starting to get into it, that what I just described could be their workout. That could be a conditioning session because they're not used to using their glutes. They're not used to, you know, getting their arms and, and their shoulders and their hips working. Um, but that alone can be enough to get that heart rate up to where we would consider that as a form of cardio. So those are all great points, Wendy. As far as yeah, and, and I think it's important too, you know, again, with, you know, we always try to back stuff by research. And so when you're looking at different things, when you're looking at just strength training alone, I mean, obviously it's good for longevity. It's going to improve your uh, metabolic health, your body composition, which again, that's why most people are even coming into the gym. And then again, when you're thinking about cardio, of course, it's going to improve, you know, your, um, your overall performance. And so if you just did strength training alone without cardio, is there benefits? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hands down. And regular strength training reduces your risk of premature death of all causes, by the way. And this is based on research from 15 to 20%. So if you're doing a little bit of strength training, that's obviously going to help. We've talked about the importance of us, you know, of, of, um, of really working on um, our bone health and everything. So if you've got osteopenia, osteoporosis, stuff by lifting weights, that's actually going to help you. And then if you look at just cardio and then a combination of both, again, if you do strength training and you do cardio, then both of those together is going to actually reduce the risk of premature death of all causes by up to at least 40%. Again, we're talking about healthy individuals and everyone is going to be different. So when you're looking at overall healthy individuals that are doing both, um, you know, if you think that's a 20% increase. Of, of, you know, of keeping yourself the premature death of just adding in cardio and adding in strength training together, it's a win-win. Now, we understand the reason why people are struggling right now is because of time, you know, so right. you got to look at your schedule. What can you do in order to try to fit both in? And if, you know, my, my, the next question to you, like you would say, even in the assessment is what is your goal? Why are you in here? Is it to look better? Is it to feel better? Are you going, are you a bodybuilder? You know, because again, strength training is going to become more important that way. If you have to work on your physique and how you look, you've got to lift weights a certain way, making sure you've built a good 
foundation before you start going into individual body parts to get things to quote pop. But cardio is also important in order to slim down. But what's more important? Okay, so you've got to consider that. Or if you're if you're running a half marathon, cardio is going to be way more important because you have to go and do different types of training to get yourself prepared for that long distance. Make sure that your joints can handle it. But is strength training important with that? Absolutely. But again, you know, you've, you've got to look at two different ways. And so both are important when you're looking at it, but there's going to be completely separate goals of what I would suggest based on that specific individual. Right. And Wendy, you, you brought up two different things there. I mean, one, uh, when it comes to working out, um, there are those cosmeticals, right? I want to either lose weight, lose fat, or put on muscle. Right. So there's a there's an aesthetic component about it. Or, as you mentioned, with the, the half marathon marathon, somebody who's got a performance goal. All right. And, and it's again, if you're running a marathon that there's no you know, you have no other recourse than to get out there and do training. And I, and I think we need to understand that those those are different components um, outside of doing cardio, because there's there's a there's a fitness or performance part of it, but there's also a wellness part mm -hmm. of it. And I think a lot of people who, again, most people don't work out. Most people uh, don't do anything. But one of the things that, you know, I've, I found myself talking to more people about when it comes to cardio is just get out there, go out there, get a walk in for 20 minutes. So, you know, a lot of times if you're in the health club industry, you come in contact with people that you know, they, they have a goal, they have an objective, right? So as we're talking about, you know, first thing first with cardio or lifting here on Random Fit with both Wendy Batts and I, Ken Miller, uh, we're talking about, you know, what the priorities are. So here, you know, we, we also need to make that delineation between, okay, what's it going to take for you to perform or look the way you want to look? And what's it going to take for you to just be well and healthy? And for the most part, if you're listening to us, um, and you're not a you're not an avid exerciser, especially when it comes to cardio. Even just something, I mean, just to kind of frame it a little differently, just go outside 20 minutes, right? Outside of okay, do I, you know, today I'm gonna run eight miles, today I'm gonna or tomorrow I'm gonna do a, a short recovery run. Um, it's not even that, it's just get out and do something um just for the for the sake of wellness versus performance or cosmetics. Cause I, and I, and I think we need to make that clarification because again, a lot of the, the, the listeners to our podcast on random fit, they have a goal, they have a fitness goal, they have a performance goal, they have a cosmetic goal. But if you're listening to us and you're not an avid exerciser and we're, what we're trying to do here is build the case that you do need both cardio and resistance training, but anywhere you can fit, those 20 minutes, warm up or no warm up, just get out, get the heart and lungs pumping. And that's going to fulfill or commit, help you commit to that 150 minutes of movement a week. Yes. And I think it's important too, because like you said, when you're talking about like, especially if you're a physique individual, you're looking, you know, to, to build size. I mean, that's going to be one of the most important things too, is is yes, you need to, to lift heavy weights and you are going to have to build a strong foundation. You need to make sure you've got good alignment because again, you need to have symmetrical, you know, you've got to have that symmetrical look. But also too, when you're looking at some of the other research that we found, there's been some evidence that show that there may be some, um, you know, if you're doing cardio too close to your, your strength training, that um, 
that this can actually interfere with your body's responses and processes that are involved of building that strength and muscle. Because you got to think too, one of the reasons and one of the ways that you get big, Ken, isn't always by lifting heavy. One of the most important things, if you're looking for that particular look, is going to be your diet too. Because that's one thing that people are like, well, I'm working out, I'm, I'm doing individual body parts, I'm lifting heavy, but I'm not increasing size. Well, when are you doing your cardio? How close is it to your workout? Yeah. Because again, if there's some type of interference, you need to actually know that ahead of time. But also, what are you eating? Because you have to increase your, you know, your calories in order to gain size as well. And, you know, so it is a very specific program for that type of individual. However, we know that that's a that's actually a sport. And so you're going to probably have a physique coach, you know, like someone that's going to help you with the poses. And, you know, that's very specific. And that's one of the things that I love about that, because it's completely different than what I'm doing with my pro athletes that need to like, you know, be able to, to stay on the court, look at the minutes and how, you know, what, when are they able to turn around because these games are back to back or they're on a plane. So, you know, it is a fine line of knowing which is which, but the most important thing, what is your goal? What do you want to be able to do? And then at that point, if it's you need to, you want to be able to walk, like you said, 20 minutes without getting out of breath or increase your time or add in intervals, maybe do that first and then do your strength training because you're using, you're prioritizing your energy in the beginning after your warm up, the warm up that you said. So after your, your self myofascial technique, after your stretches, after your activation and integration stuff, then go for your run then come back and then do your workout. Right. Right. All of the above. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's funny when you, when you talk about that, when I, when I first ran, when I, one of the first five half marathons that I've run, you know, I'm, I'm lifting weights and here I am, I'm trying to train and trying to, this was at a time where I really cared about what my time was. <laughs> I just want to finish now. If right. I'm, I'm with you. Dude, I just want to cross that language line. right there. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing i always wonder well i didn't always wonder but i knew that in training for that half marathon you know and not the get off the couch you know to a half um that you know when i was training you know for me it was not just about the site it was also my my lifting in the gym right when i was working out i'm like okay well how come my you know my pull-ups are suffering or my my squats are suffering my lunges are suffering well again you know, there's a lot that's going on when you're trying to do two simultaneous goals. So as you're talking about when, if you're worried about cosmetics and keeping on lean body mass, but you're also having to train, you're trying to get a five miler in here an eight miler in there, um, you know, your body's going to pick what, you know, where are you going to, you know, where are you going to get the energy from? And your body's going to choose for you, depending on which is the most demanding because it's your body's just thinking about survival at this point. Right. My body thinks about survival every time I go out for a run these days. <laughs> I'm not going to do it the same way. I mean, and any of you guys that have known me for a really long time, like I, I run the, the half marathon every year with my family um, and we're in my hometown. And it's one of the reasons that, you know, it, it forces me to work on cardio, which, again, I'm not a big fan of. I'm really not a big fan of running. So it forces me to also you know, do something that I don't really love to do because it's hard. That's the re I mean, I can get on elliptical all day. I can ride a spin bike. I love all of that craziness. And I love to try to hurt myself quickly and then move on to something because I am that trainer and that's my mindset. 
you get me out there and running and it's like, oh my goodness, is, am I ever going to make it back home? However, when I was training for it, you're, it, it's amazing how your body starts to adapt. And then it really did become easier because I worked on a program and was very specific with that. But then I also noticed too, I, I really needed to warm up correctly. I needed to do some tube walking. I needed to do some bridges. I needed to get some good, you know, stretches in my calf, work on my anterior tip because all of that stuff played a huge role. And when I did that first and went for a run, it made it so much easier in comparison to like, okay, I'm going to get up, just go ahead and get my run done for the day and then come back and I'll worry about stretching and rolling and all that stuff later. I mean, you, you guys want to be very specific because two, it will keep you injury free. You're going to be able to run without feeling shin sprints or low back pain, or, you know, all of a sudden you feel like you're, you're, you know, relying on one side of your body over the, over another. So, so you want to be smart in what you're doing, but you know, the warm up is so key. I think no matter if you're lifting first or if you're doing your cardio, so don't just get up and go for a run and then work out afterwards, like warm up no matter what, and then decide which is the priority. Right. And, and when we talk about, cardio, especially with the discussion with my clients, what you're talking about there, Wendy, is part of the conversation is, uh, well, when I initiate the conversation and say, say, yeah, I did cardio yesterday. It's like, okay, well, what did you do? Well, I ran around the island and, you know, I got 25, 20 minutes in or, or it might be, I got two miles and great. What'd you do for your warm up? And it's usually like, well, I started off slow and then I picked it up after a few blocks. Right. And, you know, so then you have to have the discussion. It's like, that's not really a warm up. Right. <laughs> As we would do it. I mean, the way we prep for uh, a training session. Right. Why wouldn't you have the same approach when it comes to running? Right. So preparing the body to lift or preparing the body to run. Preparation is preparation as far as hips, ankles, shoulders, spinal control, core, core stability, all of that. So so warming up. For a cardio session, yeah, that's that's something that, you know, you, you hate to layer another behavior upon another behavior, but as soon you know, where the key is just get outside or just do the cardio, now you have to say, okay, well, what can we do to maximize? If you're going to do it, maximize it. Yeah, and I think, too, that, I mean, that's a, that's a very key point. So nice job, Ken. Um, but, you. you know, your warm-up shouldn't be, I'm going to go and jog for five minutes and then increase the tempo or, you know, or the you start my interval training at that that moment. Your warm-up should be done at home, very specific and integrated. And then at that point, if you're going to run outside, you go and run because to, to your point, that is how you're going to, it's called movement prep for a reason. It's not movement prep for the gym and then movement prep for cardio. It should be just movement prep for your body. And then you, you disperse yourself in whichever, whichever direction you want to go. And, um, you know, I think it's important myself, Wendy Batts and Ken Miller are talking about first things first, whether you should do cardio or lifting today on random fit. And I, I hate to say this, but you know, the answer is yes. Should you do, do it? Yes. Which one first you tell me what's your goal, you know, what's your goal, what you want? Um, because I think it's important. It's important to know that. And, you know, we're talking about, Ken, you and I are talking about if people need to do it on the same day. But, you know, if you're looking at just like, I think goals in general, you know, if you're working out and these are based on physical guidelines, if you do every muscle, you know, all muscle or uh, muscle groups and body parts at least twice per week, and you're lifting heavy and you're doing something very specific, and this is actually in the gym lifting heavier, you're going to do that twice per week. 
Corrective exercise and movement prep can be done every single day. And ideally that's what you want, especially if you had an assessment, you know there's dysfunction and you're working on that because that's just gonna help your activities of daily living. And then like, as Ken said, 150 minutes. So that's talking about like just aerobic activity, something that you're gonna do to increase your cardio. But if you're gonna do something vigorous and you're gonna do something that's really challenging, you know, when you're looking at the guidelines, they're telling you to do that, you know, about 75 minutes. And, and we're not talking about at a time, we're talking about throughout the week. And so, you know, and that's, that's just for a healthy individual really trying to, you know, meet the guidelines of what they're saying will keep you heart healthy, keep your body healthy, help with some of the, um, you know, the premature deaths and, and, you know, we don't want you to be a statistic. So important to know, but, but Ken, what happens if you have a client that comes in, because this is what I always get. I only have three days a week. I can fit an hour in, I have three hours, you know, and I know that sounds weird. Like why shouldn't people prioritize, but I know how it is. I have kids, you have kids, like life gets in the way. So with your clients, what do you suggest for those individuals? Well, um, you know, it's a great question because I'm, you know, a couple different, a few different clients are popping in my head because when I've brought up the, okay, 150 minutes, I've got three hours. I go, well, there's 168 hours in a week, right? If you're trying well, that's to get math, did you, did you use a calculator on the break? Is that why you didn't? <laughs> right, I can't, I think, I, I think it's 124 hours in a day. Yeah. But you know, to kind of take the take the little little side answer to that, it's well, 168 hours in the week. You take away sleep and you know the things you got to do for work. I mean, there's still you know you know you can't squeeze in another, within the other five hours of of extra. You know who has extra time, especially when you have kids. Um, do you have 20? So if it says 150 hours, you take away you chip away 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. That's a, that's a, that's a run around the block. That's a, that's a quick bike ride. You know, I have a dog. I don't know if you're hearing my dog bark right now, but um, that's me walking my dog. I might have a little tempo to it, but Hey, movement is movement. And if we're talking about 150 minutes, okay. We think that, okay, if, unless I get the hour, I'm not doing it. Right. So from that vantage point, you know, you, you can, you can take that 60 minutes and you can take 40 minutes at some point in the day and do a total body movement um, regimen or, you know, and then have another 20 minutes someplace else. So you can parcel that out. Movement is movement, right? And, mm -hmm. okay, best case scenario, we can we can stress the body for an extended period of time, work on some endurance and conditioning, or you just get outside, you know, use it as a, you know, a mental health uh, component of your day where you can get outside, see some sunlight, get some fresh air. Um, you know, just get away from things for at least, as I'm saying, 20 minutes. And we can use that 150 minutes and just we can parcel it out. I mean, that's that's the one thing people, I think, um, especially perfectionists like like myself, sometimes like unless I have that hour, I'm not doing it. But hey, when you've got to, you know, log off, finish a client off, you know, their session and then run over to the to school and pick up the kids and then you have to get dinner ready. And then there's my own personal interest that I, you know, hey, I want to watch Netflix every now and then. Right. But how do we carve that part of the day in where like I, I'm going to elevate my heart rate? I'm going to get some conditioning. I'm going to do something that's for my health and wellness. And that's the big thing we tend to forget. Yeah. And I think it's important, too, because, you know, as you know, I have a six year old and I tell you guys this all the time. 
my life completely changed when this little guy started walking and moving and then getting into activities because, you know, we were, we were the one and done family. And so he pretty much rules the roost in this house and we want to keep him moving. We want to do different types of activities with him. We want him to, to learn how to play a lot of different sports. And so we're outside working with him and doing things. And so I am that person that gets up super early in the morning, but then I have a lot of different things going on with my jobs and stuff. And so I know how hard it is to carve out time. And I think the one thing is, is I'm in everyone else's shoes too. And it's like, okay, how do I prioritize my health when I still want to be a parent that is, is with my child? I don't want to put him in front of the TV or on a tablet so I can go do something that's going to benefit me because it's not going to benefit him. So I think it's important that, you know, if you can commit and you can set aside at least three days, if not, you know, four days, and you can do like, like Ken said, maybe break it up. If you have to schedule an hour out and you always have, or only have that hour and it's three or four times a week, that's better than nothing because, you know, we, we always say a little bit of something's better than a whole lot of nothing. I think that's a Rick Ritchie comment. And, um, and so with my clients, when they come in, I understand what they're talking about and I'm, I'm excited that they're there and I want them to come in and they get to their goal. So just know that if you can't for, you know, like set aside something every single day, then do more of what we call like circuit training and circuit training is something that somebody can do. Like basically you're doing, you know, like all your body parts after your warm up. Again, we talked about your rolling, you stretched, you've activated that's separate that's your movement prep but when you're actually working out what i'll do is i'll do you know a total body chest back buys tries shoulders and then legs and then i'll have them get on the bike and they'll do like different types of intervals or or i'll have them run some stairs or i'll have them go outside and do some some cone drills or some speed ladders and everything like that so i'm increasing their heart rate i'm giving a minimal rest in between those exercises so it's one 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 we do that then they get water and we do it again and then we do it again. So we're trying to to implement cardio inside of the workout. And, you know, I think sometimes we take that for granted. But to me, it's like, you know what, they just did 30 minutes of cardio and they just did 30 minutes of working out. And so if we're looking at the vigorous exercise, I'm doing that 75 minutes per week with me in in the gym. But on top of that, it's not just me sitting there watching them do cardio. It's fun. It's different. It's getting their heart rate elevated. And they're actually working on the muscle groups as, as well. So it is kind of a win-win. So don't ever, like you said, don't feel like if I can't schedule something every day not to do it, schedule something when you can, and then, you know, make it, make it challenging, you know, really take yourself to the next level, push yourself because you're only going to get stronger. You're going to be healthier. And then you're going to see that what you struggled with this week, when you look at it a month from now, that was going to be something that you're like, oh, that was nothing. I wish I could go back to those days because now you're pushing yourself even harder. So I think that's my big, big takeaway, Ken, is, you know what? Look at your goal. What are you trying to do? If you're trying to gain more muscle and stuff, do your workout first. If you care about your physique and, and that's it, then go into your cardio. If you're looking for like you're doing endurance stuff, you're going to do a Spartan, you want to do a half marathon, you want to just be able to hit a goal or do a 5K or like they have the peach tree run out here and everyone prepares for that. Focus on your cardio first and then do your strength training. But not one's not necessarily better than the other. Both are good. Both best. Right. Both. Um, and, you know, just to kind of wrap that, you know, that idea up is, you know, when you talk about time, time is, you know, we're all time precious. And when we talk about 75 
minutes of intense or 150 minutes moderate intensity. Again, those are minimums, right? Anytime you can, you know, cheat it into your schedule, I don't say cheat it in, but fit it into your schedule. Schedule. We, we've done podcasts on body weight exercises. We've done podcasts, you know, on, you know, circuit training. So the information is out there and, you know, we're not the only ones that have podcasted or, or spoken about it. There, there is information out there on how you can combine strength training routines and elevating the heart rate. And it's as simple as doing some, you know, four body weight exercises, 30 seconds each, four rounds, boom, right? Get the heart rate up. And there you've, you've got 10 minutes of work. Then boom, check that off. That's 10 minutes less out, out of your 150 minutes. Or so, Tabata training. We've done that too. Tabata, yeah. Tabata. Yeah. All of all, anything. Get Five minutes or less. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's, there's options. You just have to research it, plan it out, you know, schedule it, I think is the big thing. Again, when you're time precious. The things you that are important for you in your life, you want to schedule those on the front front end of your day. So again, talking about schedules, like just like I had my clients do cardio in the beginning of their workout. You know, if they weren't, it was that or nothing. I'll put it in there. But if if there's um, options that work with your lifestyle, figure that out. Schedule it. Put it in there. You know, break between two meetings. You have ten minutes. Do something, especially if you're working from home. No one cares if you're smelly. No one cares if you're sweating through your shirt. Change your shirt before you get on the camera. Right. So there's those <laughs> there's those things. For those of you still working from home, right, you have those options. You can't do that when you're in the office next to somebody who might be like, all right, you just got to work out in. I can smell it. <laughs> I can smell you. I can smell Well, it. this is fun, Ken. You know, I appreciate yeah. you, uh, you know, providing your insight. And like I said, you know, it just happened to to come up, you know, as a as a topic that, you know, we we do appreciate all of our listeners. And we wanted to, Ken and I want to thank all of you guys that do hang out with us on Random Fit each and every week, as well as any of our other podcasts that are on the NASM network. I think our um, producer, Eric, does an amazing job of, of helping us get the word out as well as NASM. So we appreciate every one of you guys. And, um, you know, we did get some feedback from Amy Iverson. So Amy, thank you for listening. I know that uh, Thanks, Amy. You, were, you, were, you were pumping us a little bit up um, on our NASM Facebook page. And so we really do appreciate all of our listeners and um, I know we don't say that enough, but we really, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys. Uh, that's, I was just going to say, if it wasn't for you guys, we, yeah, we wouldn't have this opportunity to, to share the information that we have to share. So Wendy, thanks again for all your time, energy, and effort on this topic, as it was just a flashback to my first day at work. Like, what do I do first, that or this? So a lot of good information. Just, just do it. <laughs> Get out there. Just move. Yeah. Pick it up or move those legs really fast. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, or both. Uh, so if you like what we had to talk about here on Random Fit, Wendy, thanks again for us to talk about, okay, what do you do first, cardio or lift? Um, hopefully we gave you some insight, but more importantly, hopefully we gave you a little bit of motivation on getting out there and just doing something, whatever it is. So if you like what you heard, like, follow, subscribe, download, comment, um, but more importantly, just thanks for being here with us today on Random Fit. So until next time, take care and be well.